Welcome to the Feisty Women's Performance Podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Gross, Ironman champion, PhD in women's history, and founder and CEO of Feisty Media. I started this show because I wanted to cut through the BS of diet culture and fitness culture and actually learn from high achieving women at the top of their game who have figured out how to feel and perform their best at every stage of life. So I chat with experts, elite athletes and leaders who have learned to succeed despite the massive gender data gap in exercise and medical science and product development. Every episode is filled with information, advice, and anecdotes that will help you fulfill your potential as an athlete, mom, leader, or business owner. And listen up. If you don't subscribe to our women's performance newsletter, you are definitely missing out. It's totally free. So head over to womensperformance.com and subscribe now. That's womensperformance.com. This podcast is a production of Feisty Media. Hello, Feisties. My guests for this episode left me feeling incredibly inspired by the brand and the business they've built, and most of all, by the incredible global community they have created. Another mother runner. Maybe you've heard of them. They started in 2010 with one book, and now the brand has three popular podcasts, shares two blogs per week, does social media content, hosts the Train Like a Mother Club, they sell training programs, and have an annual retreat, and more. Today, I talked to the co-founders of this community, Dimity McDowell and Sarah Bowenshea. Sarah and Dimity have been creating content and community for women for 20 years and have a lot to say about the gaping content holes in the running world for women and for mothers. We discuss how ultimately listening to each other, creating safe spaces to talk about things that aren't discussed elsewhere and human connection are the connective tissue that keeps their community running happy. Sarah and Dimity really kept me laughing and guessing as they unpacked their experiences of engaging authentically with feisty runners over more than two decades. I'm sure you will enjoy this interview as much as I did. Sarah, Dimity, welcome to the Women's Performance Podcast. Thanks for having us on, Sarah. Yeah, excited to be here. I'm excited to have you both here as well. Like I said before the show, um, I've been creeping you for several years since I started Feisty Media, and I'm very keen to hear about how you built what you've built um, and also what you've learned along the way. So, Sarah, maybe we'll start with you. What, like, what did you play sports growing up? No, I was a reader, not an athlete. I come from a very bookish family, so I love spending time outdoors, but Often I would read outside uh, in trees, and uh, but I was not out there moving around all that much. So I took up sports. I start, played a little tennis in high school and dabbled in running in high school. But then it was really through joining the rowing team in college that got me just absolutely devoted to, to being athletic and moving my body. Wow. So you went from not playing sports as a kid to a college rowing team? It was at the time it was a club sport. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, um, and interestingly enough, Dimity ended up being on the same college team, but six years after I left. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Dimity, what was your sports background? Were you an athlete? I was, but again, not not an endurance athlete. Like I ran, I mean, my memories of the presidential physical fitness test are nightmares still, right? Of like that mile <laughs> test in fifth grade or whenever it was the shuttle run with the erasers. No, it's uh, not a runner. Um, but yes, I played tennis in high school as well. I played softball, a little bit of basketball, but not much. Um, but wasn't really, I wouldn't have considered myself an athlete, but then I got to college. And um, like Sarah said, I joined the rowing team as well. It was at Colgate University. We both went to Colgate, um, but it was a club team at that time. Mm -hmm. um, it's a varsity sport now. 
And both Sarah and I are really tall. I'm almost six four, and Sarah is what five eleven. Sarah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, so height is really good for rowing, um, which I didn't know. I grew up in the Twin Cities. We didn't have rowing there. I wasn't aware of it. And so when I got to Colgate and I'm walking around campus, um, the the crew coach like basically recruited me because I was <laughs> really tall. Because um, you get a lot of leverage on the oar when you're tall. Um, mm-hmm. So, so yeah, so we both were on the crew team, like Sarah said, at different times. Um, and I was the captain of the team my senior year. Um, it was the 20th year of women rowing at Colgate. And so Sarah, there was a banquet <laughs> and Sarah came <laughs> to the banquet uh, with her then husband, who was also a Colgate grad. And um, I met her and that's kind of how we started our relationship. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's so, okay. That was my next question. So you didn't actually meet at college, but you met at a college event. Yes, because yeah, I'm six years older than Dimity is, and so I was I was long gone from Hamilton, New York, by the time she got there. So yes, so what Dimity is leaving out is that she she stood up and read a poem that she had wrote about Colgate Crew <laughs> that she had written, and <laughs> so um so she literally stood out in my mind because of doing that. It was a lovely poem, and and um, because she was six four, and because she's quite tall. <laughs> so so then um. Colgate has a very active alumni network. And so when Dimity was looking for a job in magazines, she asked the alumni office, like, hey, are there any Colgate alum in magazines? And so they were like, well, here's a list of some. And and I was one of them. I worked at a magazine called Walking in Boston. And so Dimity typed me yes typed or did you handwrite uh, that yeah letter? oh yeah this was pre-email so this yeah, was like oh, i yeah. mean this is 95 96 so yeah i typed you i mean i didn't type it i put it in the computer and printed it out but it was not oh, okay it was it, but, but it was not handwritten that was the other choice was it handwritten <laughs> no, no. <laughs> so so she wrote me a letter and so then to my office and then we talked on the telephone and i helped her um get an interview and and that's um was Dimity's start in magazines. And so then we overlapped at different um, events, media events back in the boondoggle days, you know, Nike or Adidas or somebody like that would bring various journalists to events. And so we got to hang out and, you know, I don't know, Moab or Jackson Hole or um, wherever else that was pretty swanky and get to um, mountain bike and hike and run and all that stuff. So we became friends that way. Right. So you sort of met through journalism rather than through sport or running. Mm-hmm. Is that mm-hmm. what I'm hearing? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And I have to say, Sarah's, uh, she's leaving out the first job that she helped me get was um, at Women's Sports and Fitness Magazine, Sarah. I don't know if you uh, were aware of that, but like it was back when it was started by Billie Jean King mm-hmm. um, way back in the day. And I used to like, like crave that magazine. That's the wrong verb, but um, I would like go to Barnes and Noble and buy it off the shelf because I liked it so much. You know, it was it was hard to find. It was not you know um, Women's Day or whatever, so not around anymore. Like most magazines, but it was very. It was like the first. I feel like the first first women's sports magazine that actually like took women's sports seriously. Yeah, that's so interesting. I actually did a little bit of research about women's sports that magazine. So yeah, yeah. and. Um, and how, like, back in the day, like, when they first tried to cover women's sports and when Billie Jean King was, like, kind of all over that, there, was, there wasn't there was the audience to have an entire magazine dedicated to women's sports, but it ended up just going more and more down this, like, fitness train of, like, yes. oh, but people would buy, like, how do I, I get, like, it was the 90s, right? Like, how do I get skinnier, <laughs> you know, yes. and, or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, yeah, and so, like, then it, like, and then it eventually, I think, got, um, bought and like kind of brought into self magazine i think it was self yeah it was sh- bought by Condé nast yes and yes. so they they own like vogue and glamour and all the you know gq all the kind of really slick magazines and it, it definitely got a better butt makeover i mean i also worked at um sports illustrated for women which was like around oh. for like a year or maybe 18 maybe a little bit longer than that maybe two mm-hmm. years but it is a very hard sell um getting it's it's gotten a ton better, and I'm so excited about where we are right now with women's soccer, women's basketball. You know, there's a new women's volleyball league starting. Um, but getting women's sports to have the attention and have the readership and the you know the excitement around it that and the, and the coverage, right? It's just it. I mean, I feel like. I feel like it should be solved at this point. <laughs> like, um, yeah. But but I feel like I've had a front row seat to trying to 
fixed parts of that, right? I know people are really uh, much more devoted to it than I am, but it's one of those things where it is a hard puzzle to solve. Yeah. And that's why like, I was kind of looking into it because it's so interesting to me that it feels like Billie Jean King with those types of projects and all the people who worked on that stuff, they were just ahead of their time. Yes, right? And yes. now we have this interest in, in women's sports, right? Um, and also in women's health in different ways, not not just to get a better butt situation. Yeah. <laughs> yes. um, are there some differences that you've noticed like the last few years? Hmm. Hmm. I mean, uh, the only thing that springs to my mind is that Instagram makes back front and center better butt and, you know, I don't know, more contoured face. And uh, I don't know, sometimes that health and wellness can kind of become, a, uh, I don't know, just, a, gosh, an enticement on Instagram that doesn't really, mm. or other forms of social media that doesn't really have to do with health and longevity and wellness and self-fulfillment and things like that. Um, so that's kind of a negative attitude, which wasn't what you were looking for. <laughs> that's okay. No, I love it because I, I sometimes live in this world of optimism, you know, like, that's also very true. Yeah. I, I mean, I would say the one thing that Instagram and, and other things I've brought out is people, yes, certainly we present ourselves and like the, you know, we take, 17 videos to put out the best one, right? Um, so you don't, it's not that realistic, but it is realistic in that people are talking more about different things. You know, they're talking more um, candidly about depression or body image issues, or I mean, menopause or all those things that are, that used to be, I mean, literally last night I was um, sitting with my husband after dinner and um, I was talking about how it's so hard for me to get up in the morning now. Like I used to, I mean, I never was like, well, I've always been an early bird, but like literally getting out of bed, like it's not just my my head that I don't want to get out of bed. It's that I just have this like lethargy on me. I mean, I'm 51. I'm going through perimenopause. And, um, and he's like, it's so interesting that that's coming around now. And I'm like, it's always been there, Grant. <laughs> it's just that people <laughs> never talked about it before, you know, like it's that we're, women maybe were talking about it with themselves, but now menopause is on the New York you know, the, the Sunday magazine and the New York Times, you know, so now men actually know more about it. So I would say that that is one thing that I've seen that's different. But I mean, unfortunately, like the beauty standards, again, that's like a, I think that's a rock we're going to keep pushing uphill for a while. But I like, mm -hmm. I like that we're keeping keeping it moving, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Okay, so let's go. I really want to hear about your story about how you created another mother runner, what need you saw that you were sort of filling. Um, how did you how did you start? You were working together on media projects. You were both writers. Yeah. So I had, um, I, we both had children. Um, Sarah has uh, a, an older daughter and then boy-girl twins. And I have an older daughter and I was pregnant with my second kid who is a boy. Um, and I had had some postpartum depression after I had my first kid. And I was like, okay, I do not want to do that again. That was not a very pleasant way to experience being a mom. And so um, I was like, okay, I'm going to need a goal. I'm going to run a marathon <laughs> after I have kid number two. And um, yeah, start and, small, you know? Just yeah, marathon. exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and so, uh, so I was like, who can I ask that is not going to say no? Because if I asked a friend that was kind of like, are you sure that's a good idea? I would have probably been like, you're right. You're right. I shouldn't do that. I should aim for a 10K or a 5K. Um, and, uh, so Sarah came to mind because again, we'd gone on these adventures and I kind of knew that she had an adventurous spirit. So, um, so long story short, we ended up running the Nike women's marathon together, which it's not around anymore, but it was in San Francisco. We ran it in 2007. Um, I mean, my kids were, I think like one and four, one and three ish. Sarah and yours were a little bit older. Is that right? Mm -hmm. Five and, uh, two or two and a half. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we wrote about it for Runner's World. Um, and we wrote a feature called The Marathon Moms. Um, and we kind of wrote about it. And at that point, it felt like running was still very much like a split sport, go to the track, like track your heart rate kind of thing, you know, like very much for like elite people, or at least in my mind, that's what it felt like. And we came at running like, oh my gosh, I need this endorphin high. I need to beat depression. I want to lose some baby weight. I want to listen to like something that isn't baby beluga. Um, I want to spend some time with my friends, you know, because I don't see them anymore. So we get up first thing in the morning and laugh together. And so, yes, you know, we've always thought that the time on the clock matters. I mean, it would be a lie to say it doesn't, but we came at running from like 
a lot of different angles and not just like how fast can you go, but what else can it bring to your life? Um, and that's that's what the the crux of the magazine article was. And that turned into the book, Run Like a Mother, um, How to Get Moving and Not Lose Your Family Job or Sanity. And that came out in 2010. And again, we kind of really like crowdsourced that, made it kind of a communal effort, like asking different questions and stuff and that. And like having, you know, like the question would be like, I don't know, what do you eat before a run? Or probably there was a better question than that. I can't think of it off the top of my head, but, you know, but there were like 10 great answers, right? You know, from people. And we would see like Sarah in Canada said this, you know? And so it already brought in this feeling of like a team, like a kind of camaraderie um, and that we were all just kind of moving forward together. Cool. Yeah. And I, did you, did you see it as a community first? Mm, I have to say that Dimity is a visionary. That Dimity is Dimity is Dimity is from the Midwest, and so <laughs> Dimity and I say that with love in my heart because Dimity thinks about other people before she thinks about herself. And so from the get go, when we started promoting this bright yellow book at race expos, being two incredibly tall women, she was like. Sarah, this is going to be about other people. This isn't about us. This is about, and Dim used the word community way before it was a buzzword in marketing and all that stuff and social media. And so from day one, it was about another mother runner, which we named after about a year of being around, um, was, was about community, about the other people and about uniting people because what we see is that running like motherhood can be very isolating and and done in isolation. And so, you know, I live in Portland, Oregon, so I can look out my dining room window and see people running by the house. You know, there's a whole lot of runners here, but if you live in rural Nebraska, if you live in, you know, I don't know, a small town in Alabama, something like that, you are maybe not going to see other runners or when you drop your kid off at preschool, you're not going to meet other women who are standing there in their, you know, capris and sports bra and a little zip up tank type thing. And so that we wanted to let all those women know that there were other people very similar to them with the same interests, the same goals, the same desires, and to give them them all a gentle nudge out the door and remind them to put themselves first on their to-do list at least once a day. Right. And why was the why would the content created for runners generally, like the things written for runners generally or the pod, the runners podcast, like why did that not speak to mothers specifically? Like what do you feel like was missing that these people needed to connect or needed to be, needed something different? I mean, I've never stand, stood on a running podium in my life ever at a race. You know, I, I mean, we say we lead from the middle of the pack. And now I would say we lead from the back of the pack, Sarah. <laughs> um, I mean, so it wasn't necessarily that like those weren't speaking to me. It was just like performance matters, right? I'm not, again, I, I'm not going to lie. Like I, I like, you know, I, I set some goals for myself. Like I wanted to beat, you know, 150 and a half marathon. I didn't ever do it, but that was like one of my goals, right? Um, I wanted to go under four in a marathon. I never did that either. But like I had those kind of in the back of my head, but I held them loosely um, in the idea that running just brought so much more to my life. And again, at the time, it just felt so performance oriented. And I mean, talk to a mom who, and, and, and all women, I mean, we we definitely, obviously mother is in the name of our brand, but I do think that we can talk to you know, women, we do talk to women that are, you know, dog moms or don't have any kids or pets because we're all busy and we all have a lifestyle that doesn't necessarily, isn't necessarily conducive to taking time for yourself and setting goals. And, but if you go back and you think to this like woman who, you know, maybe has a five-year-old and a three-year-old, which is again, kind of where we started, like, I am so tired I am so like feeling wrung out already. I'm like subsisting on like, you know, leftover chicken nuggets. And I'm not, if I go out and say, if I don't hit these splits, which is again, what I felt like what running was like, if I don't hit, you know, my 930 splits or whatever I want for my run, that's going to be a failure. Like, no, no. Like I got out. My gosh, I moved my body. I, you know, I beat the forces that were pulling me to the couch and I mean, it, it sounds so different because social media is so pervasive now, but back in 20, like 2010, 2011, it didn't, it didn't feel that way. It really felt like it was like the realm of people who were very serious about the sport and were serious enough, but we're not 
too serious, I guess. Mm-hmm. Right. Does that make sense? Totally does. And Sarah, here's what I'm wondering. So I had my daughter actually in 2010. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Um, and at the time I remember, and I was a pro triathlete and I remember literally the information I had about coming back from pregnancy was like from blogs of other elite athletes who mm-hmm. had done it. Like there was yeah. not, it was not like go find the scientific research or the articles about this or the book about it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, did you like, did you at some, at any point, did you talk about like the science of the science side of women specific, um, mm-hmm. like the women specific needs, or was that just not a thing? Was it more just about like community and recognizing that recognizing each other almost like recognizing that you had different needs to other runners and knowing each other in the community. Yeah. So I would have to say going back to our Colgate education, our well-rounded liberal arts education, we are not heavy on the science. I mean, Dimity is a certified running coach, certified strength coach. So she has the chops for all of that, but we don't present ourselves to you know, be the next Stacy Sims. Uh And so, and, and have a, you know, stack of research next to us that we understand completely, but we do as journalists, we have talked Uh to far more than our fair share of experts. I mean, uh, you know, we both wrote for fit pregnancy and shape and self and health and all those women's magazines. And so that we talk to, you know, people at the American College of Obstetrics and Gynecology and, and all those sorts of things. So we we know, you know, we have a breadth of knowledge that then we can impart. But for us, it's really kind of about um, informing, entertaining, educating, and encouraging, and just keeping people moving forward. And like I said, putting yourself first on your to-do list. Mm. And, and, yeah. So, um, yeah, but I mean, I know that, you know, back when we started in 2010, it was tough to even find doctors who would give you very ad- cutting edge information. Tell you, you know, to run was, during pregnancy. Yeah. Even. Yeah. I mean, it, it was, was about yeah. like, you know, oh, keep your heart rate under such and such. There was, yeah. you know, it was just all very um, by the book and didn't really have a grasp of well, if the woman's already doing this, then it's not going to be a big shock to her system to keep doing it when she's growing a baby that's still, you know, at this point is only, you know, a couple inches long, you know, <laughs> like it's not going to knock her over to go out and put in some miles. Yeah, that's definitely was what I was told. It's like mm-hmm. to continue doing what I'm doing. Basically, mm-hmm. it was left on me. Like nobody gives you any advice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, you yeah. decide. Thanks, Doc. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yeah um cool okay and so in terms of like the evolution of another mother runner like you you start you're writing you write this book eventually there's another book right two more books yeah two more books you have a podcast you start a podcast at some point and then i'm guessing you have like communities so so yeah so so we so dimity and i um you know it was about community and but we didn't set out to start a brand and so it just grew very organically yet another word that we really didn't know was a buzzword in the marketing world and so that it, we see another mother runner as a tree with many branches and just a, a you know one year would pass and another branch would be on the tree and so it was the podcast in 2011 you know it was our training program train like a mother club after our second book train like a mother came out and it we got marketing partnerships. We had online merchandise. Again, going back to we were at those expos and people would be intimidating to come up to us to Amazons and buy a book from us. And so just we kind of layered all these supportive, entertaining, educating things on top of each other. And but you know, I mean, a lot of our success came from social media, from our community there. By and large, another mother runner is online. We do have a few in-person touch points, if you want to say that. Um, mm-hmm. We have a, a retreat. We had our first retreat, um, running retreat in 2015. Uh, Dimity leads programs. Last year launched a program called Better Together so that um, people train in their respective, you know, towns and then convene on one place to do a marathon or a, a shorter race. Last year was Indianapolis. This year it's going to be Richmond. And then we go to race expos. Occasionally we do podcast recording parties, sometimes in person, but we do not have in-person, you know, meet at Saturday at 10 a.m. at this corner or this coffee shop and go for a run together. That is just, 
a level of um, coordination and details that would need a much larger um, uh, back office than we have. Let's say that. Yeah. <laughs> How's our back office looking these days, Timothy? <laughs> <laughs> So yeah. that totally makes sense. And I get to ask a question that someone that people always ask me, but just uh-huh. kind of a um like they always ask me, like, how do I make my money? So Dimity, it sounds like you know, you have you have training programs that you sell, you have yep. Yep, um, exactly you have some media partners, you know? Yeah. So we so the training programs, we have um we have uh marketing partners. Yep. So we you know promote a brand or a, a product that we really like. And one of the things Oh, I'm just backing up for one second, <clears throat> Sarah. Like all the things that we've done, like have been organic. It's mostly stuff that we just felt like we wanted in our lives, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's not yep. like we had a business plan to be like, oh, we we're going to head into podcast now. I mean, you know, we. So it's it's just been one of those things, like, oh, you know, what we would like to like to hear some women chatting, <laughs> you know. So again, 2011 was just it was a little bit different than the saturation of the market now. So anyway, so um, so podcast revenue, um, marketing partner revenue, tra- training plans. Um, we also have merchandise, like Sarah mentioned. Those kind of the four main- um, Well, in our many happy miles. Well, that's the training program. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's yeah. a, but it's an annual membership versus, um, you know, our train like a mother club is if you're, uh, you know, want to run a half marathon, a 5K, an Ironman, um, do a nutrition program, but then there's many happy miles, which Dimity geniusly oversees. And it's a, a workout every single day. It lasts for a year. Um, Dimity could talk more about that with um, yeah. more information. Yeah. Yeah. And so what, that's, here's my question. What has surprised you the most? Even though we set out to to make it about community, like it never was like, okay, we're like going to grow by this many or do this many, but what is so fun and what has been the most rewarding for, from my uh, perspective anyway, is just seeing the connections that people make. You know, often at retreats, we'll stand up and be like, you know, a lot of people come by themselves and we'll say, you know, when you leave, you're going to have 40 new friends. And, you know, it's probably true of a lot of retreats, but, you know, then they're going off and doing Ragnar together, or they're going off and doing something else fun together. And, you know, when they come back and, and just the strength of the community, um, you know, there are times when, you know, in, in one of the private Facebook pages, someone will put up, something that isn't running related and they're having some kind of, you know, s- small crisis in their life and people just jump in like they're their next door neighbor, you know, or like they went, went to high school together. And that is just, I mean, you know, that is, that just gives me the chills when I see that because mm-hmm. I just know that it's just like, it is a very solid friendship connection and it's something that people can rely on. And I just, I, you know, with the epidemic of loneliness and all the other stuff going on in the world these days, I just really know, I like like that we're kind of like a soft place to land and, and people know mm-hmm. that they're going to come in and and be supported. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say building on that, I mean, that was definitely the first thing that sprung to my mind and, and what Dimity alluded to is um, one thing was um, we did a few Ragnars, we kind of fielded a team of people. It was a contest to be uh, on a Ragnar team with us. We did one in Napa Valley and one in Maryland. And the we're coming up on the 10, this summer is the 10 year anniversary of the Napa Valley one. And they're having a reunion of it. Like they've got the Airbnb all picked out, you know, <laughs> Warren, Dimity and I are invited. I'm seriously considering going. And I mean, those people are on um, Marco Polo's where they are communicating several times a day. And I mean, that's over a decade with people that they spent, what, two, three days with and that they're just so important in each other's lives. Building muscle can be tough and gains can be so slow, even for those of us who do a lot of strength training. As an ex-endurance athlete who is now in perimenopause, I know this all too well. It can be frustrating to put in the time in the gym and not see the results I'm looking for. That's why it's super important to take the right supplements at the right time. One of those supplements is essential amino acids, which are needed to trigger muscle protein synthesis. Muscle protein synthesis happens when you eat high quality protein, like eggs or whey. And by supplementing with additional essential amino acids, you can make sure you are getting the full benefit of your training sessions. Targeted essential amino acid formulas can be up to four times more effective than just eating protein. 
I've been taking amino acids for almost a year, and in combination with eating quality protein and a couple other supplements, I have managed to turn the tides on age-related muscle loss, which starts at 30 for women, by the way, and I have continued to make strength gains as I head towards 50. AminoCo has been a longtime sponsor of Feisty Media and has supported all of our brands and podcasts over the years. I recommend starting with AminoCo Perform, and you can grab some at aminoco.com forward slash performance. If you enter the code performance, you will save 30% and receive a free gift if it is your first purchase. Give it a try and let me know how it goes. That's aminoco.com forward slash performance and use the code performance to save 30%. For decades, running shoes have been researched, tested, and designed for men. Brands have relied on the shrink it and pink it approach to sell male shoes to female customers. That's why we are so excited to be working with Hedda's. Hedda's designs athletic footwear for women that elevates performance, safety, and style. Hedda's unlocks the science behind women's biomechanics through dedicated research, creates better shoes for women that support their longevity and performance, and establishes new design standards to promote transparency in a male-biased industry. Hedda's have a lower ankle collar to reduce rubbing, a breathable mesh toe box to allow for ventilation and to allow for female toe shape, a special kind of plate in the midsole to keep tired legs going, a narrow heel cup to reduce heel slippage and take the pressure off our Achilles, and a rounded instep to create a snug fit. Hedda's has three shoe models designed for different sessions, the Alma Cruise for long runs, the Alma Tempo for training days, and the Alma Speed for pushing the pace. I've personally been running in the Alma Cruise and I love them. It's the shoe I always wanted and never knew I needed. The fit is perfect in every way. You can get your own pair of Hedda's at Hedda's.com and use the code FEISTY20 for 20% off. That's FEISTY20 at Hedda's.com and it will all be in the show notes. As we head into summer, rest and recovery are critical for improving sports performance, reducing stress, and living a long and healthy life. We should all invest in better sleep. So think about the thing you lay your head on for eight hours a night. If it's not exactly right for you, it can lead to needless tossing and turning, or worse, have you waking up with an unrelenting kink in your neck. My new Lagoon pillow has helped me improve my sleep immensely by pairing me with the performance pillow that has everything I need. So I personally was matched with the Otter pillow, shout out to Team Otter, which I love because it has a gentle cooling effect. And I was able to choose how much stuffing I wanted in it, which is super important to me because I'm doing a decent amount of CrossFit these days and my shoulders are kind of creaky. So having a pillow that is stuffed just to the right height keeps my neck and head in exactly the right position and comfortable for the entire night. And as of fall 2023, Lagoon launched their 100% Mulberry Silk pillowcases. It's cool to the touch, buttery soft, and great for your skin and hair. You've got to go check out this pillowcase if you want to feel great and look great every morning. Waking up for morning workouts has never felt better. I'm refreshed and pain-free thanks to my Lagoon pillow. To check it out for yourself, go to lagoonsleep.com forward slash performance and take the two-minute sleep quiz to find your perfect pillow match and then use the code PERFORMANCE for 15% off your first purchase. That's code PERFORMANCE at lagoonsleep.com forward slash performance, whole 15% off, and the link is in the show notes. You can just click through there. I definitely, and we've touched on this a little bit, but I want to flesh this out a bit more. Like, I know that we're kind of, we're entering a new era for women's sports. It seems like more money is being invested. Um, And I'm just wondering, like, from the time that you first started 
kind of writing about women's running. Um, what has changed for mothers and for women who run since then until now? What are the main changes that you've seen? One thing that springs to my mind is that mothers are still competing on a very high professional level. And so that it doesn't mean that it's the end of their career when they decide to take the mother off ramp. It's not an off ramp. It's just a, a, you know, way station along their journey. Mm -hmm. And so that, you know, whether it's Shalane Flanagan adopting kids, you know, or Kara having kid, you know, her son, you know, whatever it is Mm -hmm. that then they can jump back into their career and continue pursuing it. And if it's not a professional career, they can continue striving for PRs, you know, wanting to stand on that podium and really still reaching those goals. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't, motherhood doesn't mean the end of your athletic superiority. Yeah, that's, that's a great one. I remember when like um, Paula Radcliffe and Kara Goucher were kind of like these, I don't know, pioneers in the space. It was like, mm-hmm. they're doing track workouts while they're pregnant. Mm-hmm. You know, and now we know, like, it's okay. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. yeah. A lot of athletes moving through that phase, like you say. Um, Jimity, did you have other things? I was just going to say, I mean, it's similar. I mean, I think acceptance, you know, I I think Mm -hmm. uh, the society as a whole, it might not be there. But like, you know, when we see somebody like running an ultra and taking a a breastfeeding break, you know, like, and that's like celebrated on Uh social media, like, yeah, that might not, again, like trickle down to everybody yet, but I, but it's, it's going to get there. Right. And so it's just this idea that like you, you can, I don't want to say do it all because you can't do it all, but you can selectively pick what you want to go for. And, um, and kids can, you know, not necessarily hold you back from doing that, you know? And that's, um, I mean, it's hard. Like I, I, that's the other thing too, though. Sometimes I see those pictures of like, you know, someone nursing a child at mile 66 of an ultra and you're just like, my God, I couldn't even you know, get to mile 33 and I'm not, you know, I'm not pregnant. I don't have an infant or whatever. So, you know, there is that, like that little bit of that superwoman bit to it. Sometimes I think mm-hmm. that can, that can bring in that uh, comparison element, but the fact that it's even there, I think is, is a big picture thing. Yeah, absolutely. I'm also thinking just about like for the average woman runner too, like has the zeitgeist kind of in the way that we talk about someone who's a mother and runs, has that shifted in particular since you first started writing about it until that, until 2024? I guess, I don't know if I, I don't know. I don't, I don't mean for this to sound cantankerous or me being um, doe-headed, but that, that yes, the name of our brand is another mother runner, but I guess I sometimes see our people as runners first and foremost, and then maybe the mother part enters in that we very much have always another one of Dimity's credos was always, you know, we are talking to the moms. So we are not um, telling them how to help their kids get, you know, enter their first 5k, that type of thing. So that, that I guess we just see them as women and whatever else they do in the rest of their time, it makes them busy. It makes them tired. It makes them um, feel like they maybe need to put a a solid check on their to-do list. Um, But that, I don't know, I've never first and foremost defined myself as a mom. And so I don't, that's not how I define the women in our audience either. Mm -hmm. I don't know. So what I was wondering really is like, if the messaging like that we get, like, so for example, if you two were writing for running magazines, right? Mm -hmm. Was there, was kind of like the way that we talked about women and running together. Was mm-hmm. it different 20 years ago to now? I mean, talking about running specifically, I don't think so. Just because I think, mm-hmm. yeah, like Sarah said, I think you think of runners. I mean, when I, if I were to have an assignment for Runner's World magazine right now, I would just think of it as this person as a runner, whether they're male, male or female, you know, they want to. Um, so so as runners, no, but I do think that there's those shades of, you know, now that we know like what happens when your period, you know, when you're on your period, what happens with your performance? Like that's something that, I, you know, if I was writing for women runners, I would bring that into um, my consciousness if it made sense to to bring it up in the article. Or um, again, like thinking about stuff like um, perimenopause or even like depression or thyroid issues or stuff that like comes up 
again, more frequently with women now because we're more aware of stuff. I, mm-hmm. you know, that, that, that feels like I could potentially, it could be part of the discussion instead yeah. of just, again, just focusing solely on performance. Yeah. So, you know, if we're looking to, you know, increase your stride length, no, but if we're looking to, yeah. you know, maximize a six month training schedule, yes. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Cause I do, do, um, when I mentioned earlier about how our, we were kind of able to leverage social media channels to our advantage, which we are, would not be able to do these days because, you know, big tech owns us all and, and <laughs> they're driving the ship and that, that, so that, um, one way that we, uh, really grew our Facebook community was through something called TMI Tuesday. So the first post every Tuesday mm-hmm. morning was a topic that people would have deemed taboo back when we started there, it was, people were not talking about, I'm going to have my period on race day. What am I going to do? I, I bled through my capris, <laughs> you know, what should I be doing? Um, I, I'm thinking about getting an IUD. Does it, will it sideline me for my running or something like that? And so that we, us talking about that and bringing those things out into the open was far more, um, uh, not, I don't want to say shocking or scandalous cause that's what those are way too strong words, but it yeah. was more surprising. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. And so that, and because also then people would be like, oh, well, gosh, my friend Allison commented on that another mother runner thing talking about, you know, how, how she, you know, handles breastfeeding with training. Maybe I want to go over there and see what they're talking about. So that, um, so we did leverage that part of the conversation, um, to help our community to, have our community have a greater reach and to really speak to women and let them know that they, like Dimity said, this is a safe place to land and that we can talk about anything as, as we often say, nothing's um, too basic or too much information. Um, One thing that has really surprised me over the years with another mother runner is how our community, both in its essence and in its actuality has remained so positive and so mm-hmm. supportive that, as I said, another mother runner is largely online. Mm-hmm. And as the years have tracked forward, you know, social media and online life gets far more ugly, far more contentious. And yet somehow another mother runner has been able to maintain just this supportive, positive vibe. And it just feels really special. And the few times that we have even veered things have veered even the tiniest toward negativity people from the community before we can even get on there to moderate things, which um, we don't do, you know, we don't steer the conversation with too heavy of a hand. People would jump in and support us and say, well, I don't think Sarah meant that, or, you know, that just amazingly that, that, I don't know that I think everybody in the community knows how special it is and feels how special it is and wants to maintain that and wants to help in any way they can to maintain that. So that's been really very life affirming. And, and that might sound a little maudlin to say that, but I, I mean that sincerely that it, um, the, the sanctity and the safety of our space is important to us and it's important to our community. Members. I love that we you've been able to maintain that as you've grown, you know, because one of the things I've noticed is that like we have in Feisty, we have a few different communities and in those communities, especially on Facebook, there tends to be this core group that started out positive and as it grows, it, it can get a little bit unruly, you mm, know? Yeah. And then sure. we have to make this like no assholes rule, we call it. <laughs> like we literally, you know, when you sign up for the page and they can send you like, you're not allowed in unless you agree not to be an asshole. And we tell mm. you what that means, mm, you know? Yeah, wow. Yeah. Um, so we rarely have to, there's maybe been a, a couple people that we've had to um, boot yeah. out, but yeah, we have a kind of uh, we have a, a group of ambassadors which know this rule. Um, we, we we are very direct when we tell them, and and other people who um, are part of the community they may or may not, but we pretty much like don't allow conversations about politics or religion just because mm. that's just you know that's everywhere else. If you need to go talk about those kinds of things, like absolutely, we understand they're at the forefront of a lot of important things in our lives right now. But mm-hmm. this is a, a space to talk about you're running about you're moving forward about you know anything else going on as far as your healthy athletic being but um but 
So it's it's nice. I mean, that kind of weeds out a lot of the asshole situations just because they're not going to disagree on that. You know, it's not it's not allowed. Yeah, for sure. Is there in your groups, do you find there's a I don't I don't know what to say. There's a large amount of talk about weight loss or has that not been the case for you all? You know, it's funny. I'm in um, a, a couple other women's like active groups and weight loss is definitely a focus. Um, you know, we have a couple nutrition programs where um, we have private Facebook pages for that. And that that is obviously uh, comes up in discussion. It doesn't come up as much as you would think it would and around another mother runner. And I think that's really because we, again, we lead from the back of the pack. We are not, um, we're not looking, we uh, really with many happy miles, that membership program, like our whole thing is just keep moving forward, whatever it looks like for you, just keep moving forward. And, you know, I stopped running myself, um, in about, well, it's 2000. I uh, should have stopped a couple of years before that, but didn't, didn't quite have it. But in not 2000, not 2000, uh, 2020, I'm sorry, 2020. <laughs> had a couple twos and zeros in there. Um, 2020. Um, and I, and, and doing that and stopping running, I mean, that was a big, big uh, leap for me. Um, mm-hmm. But I was like, you know what? My body hurts so much. I can't do this anymore and pretend like mm-hmm. it's all okay. Right. And so like, I be- I've become a hiker. I ride my bike a lot more. And I think me doing that, um, not the people needed permission to stop running, but it's kind of been like, okay, you know what? You can move forward in different ways. And with that, you know, our bodies are going to change shape. Our, you know, it's just life, it's aging. Um, so, I mean, Sarah and I don't talk much about weight loss ourselves. I mean, mm-hmm. at all, mm-hmm. actually. Um, so we really try to just focus on like, because fitness and skinny are two different things, you know, our fitness and and what we consider like to be socially acceptable can sometimes be two different things. So we're more on the fitness side of things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. And the reason I asked is because that's the kind of it's like, you know, our feisty communities, we really want to get away from like, we only talk about body image in the way of talking about all the ways that we've been negatively affected by cultural messaging and what that is yeah. and how that works. But really, we want to get away from that, like, weight loss focus and more into like acceptance and loving our bodies. So I was just wondering if that's something that had come up. Yeah, no, it's a I good mean, question. Mm-hmm. You know, I was going to say last week on the Friday podcast, the Another Mother Runner podcast, we had an intuitive eating um, registered dietitian and she uh, weaves mindfulness into her practice. And that episode really seemed to uh, resonate with a lot of people. And so we kind of approach um, weight and weight uh, maintenance or um, those types of topics from some different angles and not just you know, weight loss. I mean, you hear NPR and you hear, you think that, you know, Ozempic is, you know, I don't know, in, in public water systems these days or something like that. And, and that's not, it's not a topic that really comes up in our audience. So, yeah. That's great. And that speaks to the environment you've created. So, Mm. yeah. That's nice of you to say that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. As a lifelong runner and triathlete turned CrossFitter, I am stoked to announce that the athletic eyewear brand Tafosi Optics has joined us as a partner here at Feisty Media. Tafosi sports glasses hit all the marks for athletes. They're shatterproof poly bicarbonate, so the lenses not only reduce glare, but also offer scratch resistance, which I 100% need. They stay in place when you are moving. The hydrophilic rubber nose pads actually get more grippy the more you sweat. So they are secure and don't slide down your face even when you're running in hot conditions. No matter what sport you do, Tafosi has shades for you. Whether you love tennis, fishing, pickleball, running, cycling, or just hanging out on the beach. They are super reasonably priced, which I love, so I can have multiple pairs that go with any outfit. And of course, feisty listeners get a special discount. So head on over to tofosioptics.com and use the code FM20. FM as in feisty media to get 20% off your order. That's FM20 at tofosioptics.com. I'll put a link in the show notes to make it easy for you. Endurance sports should be accessible to everyone, right? That's why we are so excited to be partnering with Motive. Motive is one of the fastest growing training apps in the world today with thousands of amateur athletes signing up every month. 
and a nearly perfect 4.9 star rating in the App Store. You are not a template and your training plan should not be either. Prepare for running races, triathlons, cycling events, duathlons, or swim runs, however your season schedule shapes up, and get training written by some of the best coaches in the world in each discipline who know what it takes to help amateur athletes reach their goal on race day. The app takes the training written by those experts and then creates the most optimal training plan for your schedule, abilities, and goals. Plus, the training is fully customized to your race schedule. How much you can train each week, your current abilities, and the goals you want to achieve in your race. You can use the app for free as long as you want or get all the upgraded features from the app for just $19.99 a month. But as a feisty listener, you can sign up at mymotive.com and use the code FEISTY for two months of full premium access. That's right, you get two months of premium for free. So you quite literally have nothing to lose. So head over to mymotive.com, M-Y-M-O-T-T-I-V.com and use the code FEISTY, F-E-I-S-T-Y. And on a personal note, I know the founder of Motive and he is driven to make triathlon and all endurance sports more accessible for the athletes who care about their performance, but who aren't quite ready for a full-time personal coach. If that sounds like you, definitely try the app for two months for free. You literally have nothing to lose. Um, okay, so what is next for another mother runner? I know it. I mean, you you said you you never set out to build a brand or to do this. <laughs> do you have plans for the future? Hmm. Um, one thing I am looking to that we're looking to do. I mean, Dimity and I we traveled so much in the early days of another mother runner. I mean, can't tell you the number of hotel rooms that Dimity and I have shared and watched. You know, uh, love it or listed and uh international house <laughs> hunters you know and always pick the wrong pieta tear that they would buy um but um, so we traveled a lot when our kids were younger and then i think we both realized that that was um i'll speak for myself it was taking a toll on my um family life in the time i was able to spend with my family so we both you know kind of tapered that back some and so then but now dimity and i are are both pursuing some uh programs with another mother runner that involve being back on the road somewhat more. And I'll let Dimity talk about a couple of those, but that I'm going to do a couple on the road podcast recording parties this year, which we haven't done very much. I mean, one off, we'd go down to, uh, we're longtime partners with Goo Energy Labs. And so we would go, I'd get to go to shucks twist my arm i get to go to berkeley every year to record a podcast there but um so going to a couple different places because we we really did grow amr from you know brick by brick even though it's virtual (laughs) and Mm -hmm. so that going to those places and meeting people across the country was really profoundly positive uh, on our business and our personal growth and our enjoyment of things yeah. So, um, so this year, so Sarah mentioned we did this program called Better Together last year in Indianapolis, where we paired like first time half marathoners and marathoners with like more experienced ones for kind of a mentor protege relationship. Mm-hmm. And it was really fun. I mean, it's it's a lot of uh, coordination to get people to to you know be able to be in Indianapolis in one weekend and fit the you know and and uh, want to run a half marathon or a marathon. Um, but but when, when we were done with that, one of the women was like, okay, I never want to run a, another race that's not like this, right? To have this feeling of like, oh my gosh, I'm surrounded by teammates. I've got my coaches there. Like, it just feels like a celebration. And I know for myself, like, I'm I'm done going to events by myself, right? Like, I did the um, national champion aqua bike um, in New York one year, and I really, I trained hard for it. I did well at it, and I was there by myself, and like great. Like I did it, you know, but I just didn't have any kind of sense of fulfillment for myself, Mm -hmm. you know? So, um, so that's really what I want to concentrate on as, as, as like the person who does most of the training programs. So 
We're going to do a hike like a mother program, again, kind of evolving into moving forward in different ways. We're going to do this. There's an event called the Mammoth March, which is a 20-mile hike. They're all around the country. And then we're going to do one in Delaware together. Um, Actually, it's in Maryland, but those states are so close together. I get them confused. <laughs> um, it's in Maryland. And then um, and then we're going to do better together in Richmond. That's, I mean, I love the virtual part of it. I will say the in real life part of it is where like the magic times two happens, you know, like where those mm-hmm. friendships form, where you make memories, where, and it, it's hard to find people that, you know, if I were to say to any of my friends around my neighborhood here, like, you want to go hike 20 miles tomorrow? Like, no, they don't want to do that. They want to like walk their dog around the neighborhood, you know? So to, to, to find those people that have similar interests um, is pretty cool. So that, and, and then we'll just kind of see what comes. I mean, that's the beauty of having a small business and, um, and just kind of having, you know, dreams and, and ideas come to you and you're just like, well, let's see if we can do it, you know? And, uh, and I was going to say, um, it's not quite forward motion. There's some a fair bit of side to side motion, but I'm an avid pickleball player. Oh, and... I, f- I forgot to mention the pickleball. Oh, thank you. I'll bring it up. I'll be the one. Everybody chugs. Sarah's mentioned yeah. pickleball. Yeah. So, so, um, yeah, so I'm, you know, looking into, um, I don't, you know, we've added pickleball to some of our retreats and, um, I don't know who knows there. I sometimes, um, some of my pickleball buddies are like, oh, you need to do a podcast called, you know, the real deal or something like that. So <laughs> yuck, 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 yuck. Um, so. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but as Dim said, you know, that that we're the ones driving this ship. So we get to decide where it goes and and, you know, and, and that it's a it's a broad enough platform so that, you know, when Dimity became a hiker instead of a runner, you know, I mean, a lot of people really wanted to follow in her footsteps. And, and mm. you know, she she um, did the rim to rim Grand Canyon. And now there's a training program for the, you know, Grand Canyon rim to rim. So um, you know, I think Dimity sometimes soft pedals the saying that we leave from the back of the pack. I mean, she's an incredibly fast hiker. And so a lot of people really, <laughs> <laughs> really fast hiker. And so that, you know, that um people really are motivated and inspired by that. And so they want to be able to go on their own adventures. And and Dimity's always great at um having new adventures, whereas I'm kind of a rinse and repeat marathon or if I'm healthy enough. So I love that. Okay. I do need to ask my burning pickleball question though. Mm, like, mm-hmm. like, what is it about pickleball? <laughs> like, why is it growing exponentially seemingly right now? Because it's so easy to pick up. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a, it has, it's a, you can really learn in an, if you, if you had, particularly if you had a, a tennis or um, ping pong background, I mean, so many pick, ping pong players out there, but, but if you have a, a <laughs> you know, racket sport background, you can be, playing somewhat well in an hour, two hours, three hours. Um, It doesn't take up much space, but for, I think the main thing is, is the talk about community. My gosh, it is an amazing way to make friends and to cross over. I mean, there are just no barriers for, I mean, I, uh, my a uh, good running friend, Molly, showed up one day. I met her um, at the pickleball court. She picked me up because we were going to go swimming together afterwards. And she just looked at me and she's like, oh my gosh, you have made friends with the most random people. And she was so envious of it. You know, that, that I mean, I, I travel across state lines. I oftentimes play in Washington State. And um, so that, I mean... I know that those people are voting for somebody different than I am. And yet there we are yucking it up out there on the court, having such a good time. And I mean, if you look at my text thread yesterday, finally, somebody from, I um, am involved in a neighborhood organization here in Portland. And finally, one of the guys from that texted me yesterday. I'm like, thank you, John. You saved my text thread today from being just all pickleball people. And I just think who would I be friends with now if I didn't play pickleball? So it's a super social sport. I, and I'll add, my mom is a big pickleball player and I play a little bit, but not, uh, don't have the passion that Sarah has uh, for it. But um, it is, it is when you think about trying to make friends, especially later in life, like that is hard, mm-hmm. right? Especially mm-hmm. when, you know, your career, your kids are older, your career is, you know, established or whatever. So that's a really nice thing. And um, it is, it's super accessible and I'm not knocking um, Sarah's age or anyone's age, but it's, it is good keep you active and stay competitive at an older age, right? You know, where where tennis, I know, like, I, again, I used to play tennis and 
I'd finish and my joints would just be like, no, thank you. I'm done, you know? And so it, it's just a little, it still hurts when I play. Baseball. I won't lie. They still say no, thank you, but they don't scream it. They just say it, you know? Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Well, and it sounds like a lot of it, like circling back to community, right? Like you're oh. talking about that with pickleball, but also what you've created with another mother runner really is. I mean, I know it's kind of a buzzword, but it it really is important. I think in particular for women, um, but also for anyone to keep us active throughout our lives. So you two have done a fantastic job of creating community. Mm, thank thank you. you, Sarah. I, I I would send it right back to you. I think Feisty Media is, a, is super cool. And I um I really, I look forward to whenever I get something, a new program that you guys are doing, I'm like, oh, I got to check it out. Um, so <laughs> Awesome. I love it. Okay. How do we, how do people find you? How do we find your podcast or follow you on social? Yeah. So you can go to anothermotherrunner.com. That's our website. And there's all sorts of links on there. You can subscribe to our newsletter, find those plans, many happy miles, our store, all that good stuff. On Instagram, we are at the mother runner. And on Facebook, that Facebook community, we keep talking about it. We are another mother runner. So yeah. Amazing. Well, thank mm-hmm. you both for coming on the podcast today. I very much enjoyed talking to you both. Really fun talking with you, Sarah. Thank you. <laughs>